The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. While even doing the study and, and looking at Romans 15 and, you know, just, just really trying to put it all together, then I had to go back. I had to go back to, to Romans 14 and then I had to go back to Romans 13 and I had to go back to, to Romans 12 and... Really just putting everything together, and, and what I wanted to do, if it's okay, we're, we're just going to go through the Bible, and we're going to go through verses in those chapters, and I think putting it all together, it really will help us with the ultimate goal is, is trying, to, trying to help people. You know, I think, I think we want to build the weak. I, I think as Christians, that's our goal. That's really our, our responsibility, and I mean, you think about, like, we want to help people. If you ask anybody on the street, I mean, they would say, hey, you know, I got this job or I'm doing this because I really want to help someone. And I don't think really there really wouldn't really be anyone that wouldn't want to help someone. And especially if you're a Christian, I think the ultimate goal is to, to really want to obviously love God, but then also help people. And you think as Christians, the Great Commission, right, we're supposed to seek and we're supposed to save, right? We're, we're supposed to baptize and we're supposed to disciple. Like that's our goal of what we need to do. That's what God commanded us to do. So some of these chapters, really, I want us to, to put together, and I think with these chapters, it'll give us the steps necessary to be what we need to be for God. So we're going to look at a, a couple verses in, in each chapter, right? And I think in order for us to do something long-lasting, we need God to be the center of it. We need God to be the center of it. Because you could have a, a, a foundation of, in and of yourself, and you could try to do everything you can with your own talents and abilities, but over, you know, over a certain period of time, people are going to fail. We're going to fail, but God doesn't fail us. God's not going to fail us. We need to put our faith and allow God to be the center of it. So if you could take a, your Bible and, and turn, uh, turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. And point number one, I would say, is steps to building the weak. Steps to building the weak. So the Bible says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we see Paul. Paul is really begging Christians. He's really telling us the previous chapters is really everything God did and how awesome and uh, how sacrificial God was, he's begging us as Christians. It's only reasonable for us to live for God, for us to serve God. And we need to uh, not let the world, we need to not try to be like them, but decide that no matter what, we're going to try to transform the world. We're going to do everything we can to try to transform and allow God to use us and make a difference uh, in the world. So I see, number one, uh, under under this is is service. Service. We need to decide as Christians that we're going to serve. We're going to serve. We're going to do something for God. In order for us to help someone, we need to be serving someone. So I see number two under this is we need to be, and it's, it's verse twelve, verse um, chapter twelve, verse three. It says, "For I say through the grace given unto me to every man." That is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, 
according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So if we want to help someone, if we really want to build the weak, number one, we need to realize that, that we need to serve, that we have to do something. But then at the same time, we have to be selfless. Listen, it's, it's not about us. It's not about what, what we have and, and our talents and abilities. It's everything of what God can do, and through God, we're able to make a difference for him. You may think you might bring something too much to the table, and you might, the reason why I, maybe I don't want to serve God, I don't want to make a difference for God is maybe I'm overqualified. In the secular world, we think of maybe certain jobs and just a different uh, background and experience. Oh, I'm not going to work this job because I'm too qualified or overqualified for this position. You know, I'm not going to be able to serve of this capacity. I think I could do this, Pastor. Oh, but you want me to do this? Uh, I, I don't know if I could do that. Well, why is that? Well, because, and you, you won't say it, but because I'm overqualified for that position. If we really want to help the weak, if we really want to make a difference, we need to decide that we're going to serve. We, we need to decide it's not about us. We need to be selfless. But I think also we need to have teamwork. Teamwork, if, if you look at Romans chapter 12, verse 5 and 6, it says, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and even one members, one of another, having then gifts deferring according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophes- prophesy or prophecy, let us prophesy, uh, according to the proportion of faith. And, and it goes on, ministry and, and all that exhortation. So, you know, we are all a team. We all have different abilities, strengths, and talents. One position isn't better or more important than the other. And I'm so glad, and I'm so glad that we have a pastor that, that, that preaches that, that firmly believes that. It, it's, it's, not, it's not one position is, is higher than the other. One, you know, one talent is, is better than the other. All the, all the abilities that we have in the church and all the positions that we have in the church are all the same. And honestly, I'm thankful the reason why our church is growing the healthy way that it is is because no one thinks that they're, 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 you know, they're head and shoulders above the rest. And I'm very thankful that we have a church that decides it's really a team effort. And if we really want to make a difference, if we really want to help the, the weak, we need to realize it's going to take a team in order to do that. You think about all the greatest sports teams, right? It wasn't one individual. It was a collective group of guys or girls that decided that they were going to work together and accomplish one goal. So I think of, you know, I think of our abilities and I think of our strengths and, you know, there might be some of us even in this room, you might have certain talents and abilities and strengths and I know, you know, myself, all the pastors in here, we would love to utilize those strengths, but we can't put it on you. We can't force you to do something for him. I mean, that's going to have to come from you. And I think even everyone in this room, if we were able to really team up and, and put, our, you know, put, put, put all the, the energy, abilities, and talents that we have and, and really team up and do something great for God, I know we could accomplish great things here in Howell, great things in Monmouth County, and really great things here in New Jersey, and really make a difference for God if all of us decided that we're going to work together. So I would say, I would say, um, deciding to work together, but then the next thing would be, and it's in, in Romans chapter 10, I mean, Romans chapter 12, is love and encourage everyone. 
love and encourage everyone. So if you look at Romans chapter 12, we'll look at verse 10, right? So it says, be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Look at verse 14. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Look at verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Look at verse 20. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Look at verse 21. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. So if we want, again, to, to, to build the weak, we, number one, we need to build ourselves. And in, in order to do that, we need to love and encourage everyone. I'm talking about enemies. I'm talking about people in the church that, that you know, maybe have certain titles. Let, let's all work together. Let's all accomplish one goal and do something great for God. Point number two, steps for being an example. So the first thing I gave you was steps for helping the weak. Number two was steps for being an example. And we'll look at verse 13, one and two. It says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. For whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive themselves damnation. So really Paul's encouraging everyone in chapter 13 to realize that there is no power or strength but of God. And God puts people in positions. He puts higher powers in positions. And we really need to, to respect the authority and the positions that God has ordained and ordered uh, for us. And, you know, you think about the government, right? Um, I would say for us, we need, for being an example, right, right under that, number one is we need to be respectful. We need to be respectful. So in those verses, it talks about the authority that God's putting in our life. We need to obey the powers ordered by God. So not just in a Christian realm, but I think as Christians, we need to be an example of, of a citizen and what we should be under the government. We shouldn't try to take advantage of the government. We should definitely be an example of what a citizen should be like because God ordained that position and God says that we need to be examples um, as Christians uh, being, being citizens. And I would say while doing that, you know, if the law, if the government decides that they're going to do something that goes against God's law, then obviously God's law is what's going to override that. But again, you know, paying our taxes and, and doing everything we can as citizens, we need to be examples in that. The next, I would say, is we need to be responsible. So we need to be respectful as examples, but we also need to be responsible. So if you look at verse uh, 7 and 8, the Bible says, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything, but love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. So I would owe no man anything, not being in financial debt, owe no man anything. 
So the Bible's talking about financially we shouldn't be in debt, but the way we really should be in debt or be indebted is as Christians being indebted to the loss, being indebted to what Christ did for us, where financially we should be okay, but spiritually speaking, we should be indebted to try to help as many people come to Christ as possible. Looking at these verses here, the end of verse 8, it says, For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. And I think the greatest commandment, God says, is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And the second is like unto the other, love thy neighbor as thyself. This shows the law is fulfilled, that we need to love one another. We need to be responsible as examples And that's how we'll fulfill the love of God. The next thing I would say is we need to be spiritual. We need to be spiritual. If we're trying to really build up the weak, we need to be spiritual. Look at verse 14 here in chapter 13. It says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. We need to be spiritual. Let's put on Christ. Let's put on Christ. Let's be filled with the spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Point number three, receive the one who is weak in the faith. So Paul talks about in chapter 14, so we'll take a look at chapter 14 and verse 1. Again, Paul's trying to build us up. Paul's trying to say, listen, Christ did so much for us. Christ sacrificed so much for us. It's only reasonable for us to serve God. But at the same time, if we're going to try to serve God, we need to, we need to be a servant. We need to put the pride aside. We need to work as a team to collect, you know, one, one goal and get that uh, and, and make that uh, a way that we can make a difference for him. But then obviously we need to receive the one who is weak. So uh, look at verse 14, verse 1. The Bible says, him that is weak in the faith, receive ye. But not to doubtful disputation. So what he's saying is we, we need to not reject, reject people, reject him. We need to accept everybody. We need to love on everybody. We need to really show God's love through everything uh, that's around us. We need to make a difference for God. And I would say under that is reasons why, why someone would be weak. And I know we constantly, you know, might be dealing with people that might be a little rough around the edges and they might be hard to love. And, and um, the Bible goes over really different reasons why somebody would be weak. He wants us to receive them. He wants us to love on them. But there are certain types of people that are weak. So I listed a couple. So I would say they might be babes in Christ. They might be babes in Christ. Someone that recently got saved, right? Someone that, you know, is really going through the daily struggles, you know, you know, really learning the Bible principles and, and really maybe not in the word as much or really not hearing the word as much. I would say a babe in Christ would be, probably be somebody that's weak. You know, it, it might be someone that's refusing to grow. Someone might be a babe because they have no desire to grow. And you might think someone might be in church every single week, but they're, they're, they're at the stage that they were when they got saved. 
there's really no growth. There's no, there, there's no difference. There's no change. There's no, um, there, maybe there's no excitement. And I would say, you know, we, we need to receive everybody. And somebody that we can help might be someone that has been coming to church here for years. But maybe that growth isn't there. They might still be a babe in Christ. Listen to this. The, de- the definition of growing isn't doing. It's what you're putting in, uh, eating, that will make you grow. The definition of growing isn't doing. It's what you're putting in that will make you grow. So someone that, again, might be here for years, right? It doesn't matter that you're doing all this work, that you're coming to church every single day, that you're here seven times, seven times a day. It's for you to grow it's not your actions. It's what you're putting inside, that spiritual food. Is you hearing the word, is you reading the word, is you spending time with people that love God. And by you doing that, that's what you're, you're feeding yourself. That's how you can grow. We need to not be weak, but we also need to realize that these could be certain things that we might not even realize. Oh, you know what? I, you know, I, I might be. Maybe the reason why I'm struggling some is because I'm thinking I'm doing all this work. I'm putting all this effort in, but I'm really not taking that substance. I'm not really listening to the pastor as he's preaching. I'm not really putting into action the things that I'm hearing. I'm not just a, I'm, I'm really just a hearer. I'm not a doer of the word. Someone that has, someone that might be weak might be someone that is just stagnant in, in their growth. They might be sick or diseased by legalism. And I want you to look at, Chapter 14, and let's look at verses 6 through 12. It says, he that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day, to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. But who's, But why dost thou judge thy brother? And why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and, to, and every tongue shall confess to God, so then every one of us shall give an account to, of himself to God. They were fighting about whether you should eat meat on a certain day, or uh, even not, even uh, just a certain type of meat. They were really trying to bicker and fight, and really figure out what, what should we do, what should we not do, and, and really if you're doing this and maybe I shouldn't, shouldn't talk to you and, and spend time with you and all these things were just preferences. All these things they were fighting about were just little things and they were fighting and they were losing fellowship because they wanted it a certain way. Maybe they grew up and it was always this way so they had to, they had to do it this way and anyone not doing it this way on this day or, or having this meet I'm going to cut you off. And they were losing fellowship. And and he was saying, who are you? You're not God. One day we're going to stand before God. 
Don't judge. He's saying don't, don't bicker and fight. These are just little things. Little things. I would say big things is, you know, saved by grace through faith, right? It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should, should boast. I mean, I would say for people to get saved is, is, is an important thing. And if, if that changes, then obviously we might have to s- separate our ways. But talking about certain meats and on a certain day and having these preferences, these are really little things. And, and really Christians might go about their days every single day having to do it this way because we've always done it this way. And if anyone doesn't do it this way, then you're weak. Really, is contrary. Someone that's weak, Paul's saying, you have all these standards and preferences, and, and if someone's different from you and you're miscommunicating yourself or excommunicating yourself, really, you're the weak one. Why are you judging? God's the judge. One day, you're going to stand before God. So all I got to say for that is, listen, if you love God, you want to serve God, you want to make a difference for God, you want to see people saved and people baptized, hey, you're my brother, you're my sister. Any of these other preferences of, of me and all that, I'm not worried about it. As long as you love God, as long as we could agree that you want to make a difference for him, everything else doesn't matter. God's going to judge us. He's going to make a difference. He's, he's the one that we have to give an account for. That's someone that's, that's weak as well. Another thing that we can see about being weak is they might be malnourished by lack of good teaching. It's not the do's and the don'ts. It's the love. Right, I remember really growing up and trying to be a good Christian, and and just the things that I learned. Listen, you gotta you gotta wear this and do this and and, and go about it this way, and and to help somebody else, this is how you gotta go about it. And if you don't go about it this way, then then it, then they're not gonna grow. They're they're not gonna be a Christian, right? Or they're not gonna be spiritually what what they're supposed to be, right? Someone that is malnourished is. Lack of good teaching. It's not about the do's and the don'ts. It's about love. And I think of, you know, just even the marriage relationship. There's, because I'm a man, I think like a man, because my wife is a woman, you know, thankfully, right? She thinks like a woman. So we're not going to think the same. So there are going to be things that I might not understand. I don't get. And especially, you know, being new at, that, at, at this thing, you know, there, there might be disagreements, right? Has anyone ever had disagreements here, right? But it's not about, my relationship with her isn't about, okay, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. Because I love her and because she loves me, there might be things that she might not understand. There might be things that I don't understand. But because we love each other, we're going to decide, you know what? Okay, I'll do that. Because of love, I just want to be what I need to be for her. She wants to be what she needs to be for me. There might be things that we might not understand, but that's where love comes in. Because we love God, right, growing as a Christian, the Holy Spirit's going to teach us. Getting in the word, that's going to teach us. The Holy Spirit's going to lead us, right? He's going to tell us what we need to do and to not do. But that's not how to grow. It's all about our love for him. And he, because of our love, that's going to get everything else to come out because how much we love him and how much we care about him. I would say another reason would be someone that's weak, they may lack exercise. Maybe they need some exhortation. I would say work out your salvation. You're saved, you're on your way to heaven. Instead of being someone that it just attends, let's go out, let's, let's work it out. 
let's, let's do something for God. Let's, let's make a difference for him. Let's, let's work out the Christian muscles, right? Let's, let's put our faith in action, step out and, and get out. You know what? It might take us out of our comfort zone, but you know what? Anytime something was greatly done, it was uncomfortable. Let's get out of our shell. Let's do something for God. You know what? He's going to take us. He's going to lead us. We just got to trust in him. You know, we, we talked a little bit chapter 14 of like the dietary preferences and, and what, they, what they talked about here. But I want you to think about this. God's kingdom isn't meat or drink. It's not eat or meat or drink, but righteousness and peace. We need to just do what's right. God will give us the peace. It's not about these issues. It's about righteousness and peace. Number four, supporting the weak. Supporting the weak. So now we're at 15, right? 15 verse 1. 15 verse 1. It says, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. So you're serving, right? You're selfless. You're working as a team. You're trying to be an example. You're respectful, responsible, spiritual. You're not rejecting the weak, but wanting to really help the weak. Let's support the weak. So I would say under that is living to bless your brother. Living to bless your brother. We see that in 15 verse 1. If you consider yourself strong, like it talks about here, when we then that are strong, if you consider yourself strong in comparison to your brother, use your strength to serve your brothers in Christ. Instead of using your strength to please yourself, using your strength to build others. When you think about Fortune 500 companies, they use strengths and they build their businesses that way. They have a sales department. So there's sales managers that train up new sales reps to become better salespeople. You think about customer service managers that train people to have a good customer service experience. All these strengths, someone that's in customer service isn't going to work sales, and someone in sales isn't going to work customer service. And you think of operations just really running the organization, they're going to have people that might have those uh, talents and abilities to do that. They're going to use their strengths. These companies pay top dollar for these types of individuals. If you can do these things, they pay well. Let me tell you this. What do you think your heavenly father will pay his children? If you just use your abilities, if you use your strengths. So we see you're strong, being strong and, and helping, bearing, uh, bearing others. So looking at that word bear in verse 1. The idea isn't bearing with, uh, bearing with, but bearing up the weaker brother, supporting him with your superior strength. You pick a brother up and support him with all your strength. You know, instead of hearing someone really going through a need, you know, we need to decide, why don't we just take care of the need? Why don't we just do what we can to take care of it? You know, just hearing different stories in the church, like, you know, I would love to, to do certain things, but maybe I'm not able to. Maybe that, that might be the thought that we would have, right? God will supply our needs. We need to do everything we can to just help somebody up. And if you have that ability, or maybe it's financially, 
Maybe it's your experiences to, to add some wisdom and strength to someone to build them up, to help someone that's weak and make them strong. If you're able to do that, instead of not doing anything, give God a chance and just let God go, go to work and just you sacrifice and, and do something for him. Let's give, let's give God a chance. Let's build somebody up. If you have that strength, let's do something. If someone's in need, let's be a need filler. Let me ask you a question. Are you a need filler? Are you a need filler? Think about where in your life, okay, hey, I was able to fill this need in somebody's life. I was able to help somebody out in their life. Are we need fillers? This goes against the whole tenor of our times. They say, watch out for number one, and despise those who live lives of real sacrifice for the sake of others. That's just how this world thinks. Paul points out the way of true happiness, and that's the, tr- the way of true happiness, that's to get your eyes off of yourself and start building up others, and you will find yourself built up. You know, I think of just being able to be in this ministry and being able to, um, just to be involved. Like, that's helped me drastically just in my spiritual life, just being able to be here and just, hey, God, whatever you want me to do, like, I'm willing to do it. I'm nobody special, but, hey, God, if you want me to do something, whatever it is, I'm willing to do. We should have that mentality. God, here my Lord, send me. We talked about that in the kids' church today. Isaiah said, you know, God said, who's going to go for us? Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah volunteered. Listen, I might not be the most talented. I might not be able to speak the most eloquent. But listen, I got a heart for God. And Isaiah said, just use me. I'm available. We need to decide no matter what, we should be available for God. God can use us. All we have to do is say yes to him. We just need to be available for him. And I think that's how God can build us. The second thing I see here is Paul told us to please our neighbor first. In chapter 15, verse, uh, verse 2, it says, Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification. If you take your Bible to go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Bible says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You know, we need to just decide we're gonna we're gonna serve God. We're gonna put people first. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna lay aside ourselves and we're gonna put others first. And I think of you know just the stories that or the the sermons that we've been hearing last week about pride and 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 in order for us to be humble. Like, we just need, for us to, to get rid of that pride, we just need to think about others. We need to, to be need fillers for others and really just trying to figure out how can we help, how can we serve and do something for other people. That's how we could get the pride, of, pride out of our life, putting others first. This doesn't mean, when the Bible talks in, in verse 2, that we should just, uh, you know, that the weak people are leading the church, but the idea is to make an attempt to make the weak strong. When you build people, you're making them strong. Think about the time that you're spending. You know, let's, let's talk sports. When you're playing basketball, someone might not be that good at basketball, but you're spending that extra time with them in the gym. Maybe someone might not be um, maybe in shape, 
right? And you're going and you're, you're trying to help them work out. Maybe it's somebody that maybe it's not eating right and you, you know and you're trying to help them to eat right. Maybe someone's needing a job and you're, you're trying to help them through the interview process of how to get a job. So all these different things, these are ways that you can help people grow and you're putting them first. And the result of it is they become better at what they're trying to accomplish. But if they're weak, they need somebody to go alongside them and help them. We look at um, the question I want you to think of is, what neighbor are you trying to please before yourself? What or who are you making strong? I want you to really think about that. Is there anybody right now that you're trying to make strong, that you're trying to put first? If there's not, I know God has plenty of people. Maybe he's even putting some in your head right now, somebody that you could really help and and put first, right? Who are we putting first? Who are we trying to make strong? I want you to think of this. Who knows what you know? Who knows what you know? You might have different different skills. Who have you been able to to, to teach and, and give those skills to? One way to get rid of pride is to be more concerned about other people's needs and not worrying about yourself. If you want to get rid of pride, really think, how can I help somebody else? That's how you can get rid of it. The next, the next thing I see here uh, in this chapter, in verse 3, is Christ was our example. Look at verse 3. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Christ was the ultimate example of one who didn't please himself. He put others first. He put others first. The reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. If, if you look at, oh, for time we won't get it, but we won't get there. But uh, Psalm chapter 67 verse 7 talks about how he, he took on our sin. And Christ took on our sin and took on our pain. He did that for us. And if we look at verse 4 in chapter 15, it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. See, listen, we're going to go through hard times. But you know what? Christ went through hard times. Christ said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen, there's going to be tribulation. There's going to be sorrows. And there's going to be, there's going to be times where we're going through storms. But you know what? Christ went through it all. It fell on him. But you know what? The Bible says here is, in verse 4, it says that we could have hope. And we will have hope. We will have hope. Even when things are difficult. When the world sees uh, their, their mind and, and their thought process of someone really going through a hard time, and they might see a Christian struggling, or, you know, something might happen with the family and all that, and, and when someone has a spirit that, you know what, everything's going to be okay, God's in control, that's, that's, that's foreign to them. They don't understand that, and, and they, they might think, or they might think, well, I can't believe you're okay with what's going on. Like, that doesn't even make sense. How could you, you know, realize that this situation happened, that this fell through, and you're in this situation? How can you be okay? The world might see that. It makes them know that there isn't anything they can do 
against a child of God whose eyes are really on Jesus. When you focus on God, right, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Focus your eyes on him. Because there might be someone that might, try, might be trying to discourage you. Focus on the Lord. The last thing I would say is glorify God together. And that's verses 5 through 7. Now, the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus, that ye may be with one mind and one mouth glorifying God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. I would say be like-minded in all working together, glorifying God, and he is the perfect example. Let's receive one another and work together as Christ has done for us. If you see someone struggling, really someone going through it, someone that might be weak, if we want to serve, if, if we want to do something for God, we need to realize that, hey, I need to serve God. I need to get in there. And it's, it's really not about me and it's really not about my abilities, but I need to work as a team. And I need to be with everybody else and, and support everybody else. And, and then I need to be responsible and respectable. And I need to be an example and realizing who's weak and identifying who they are. But then through Christ, being able to make a difference for them. I would say lastly is we just need to do everything we can. If there's someone in need, let's be a need filler. Who knows what you know? Who, whose talents, uh, whose the talents and abilities that you have, who can you give that to or invest in and make a difference for? Let's decide no matter what, we're going to do everything we can with God's help to restore, to build, and to help and make a difference for the Lord. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, You can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.